How do you go from door-to-door sales to a six-figure online business? Well, in this case, it was a combination of smart strategy and plain old hard work. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because the dream is free, but the hustle is sold separately. This episode is a crash course in affiliate marketing, SEO, link building, and quite simply the sheer will to create a meaningful income online. I'm excited to introduce Saw L. This is the guy who used to sell life insurance door-to-door in Atlanta, but he took that experience and put it online at simplyinsurance.com. And a couple years of education and hustle later, he's now earning thirteen dollars to $15,000 a month as an insurance affiliate, essentially making money, helping people figure out the right insurance for their needs, and then getting paid referral commissions by the insurance companies. Affiliate marketing works across a huge variety of products and services. In fact, it's how I got my start online selling shoes. So stick around in this one to hear how Saw strategically built out his content, how he builds backlinks, and the tools he's using to accelerate his efforts. Notes and links for this one, along with the free PDF highlight reel summary with all of Saw's top tips from the call are at sidehustlenation.com slash Saw. That first name is S-A. Because of his background in the industry, Saw knew the insurance space was insanely competitive online and that well-funded companies were paying $50 and up per click to reach his target visitors. He knew that free organic traffic was his ticket, so he actually went out and bought an SEO course from Brian Dean from backlinko.com to get a baseline education on the topic. But when Saw told Brian about his plans for an insurance site, the response wasn't exactly encouraging. I'll be back with my top takeaways from this chat with Saw after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. He responded, he was like, I have a guy in the course that's doing pretty good with insurance. However, I would absolutely not recommend going into it. (laughs) (laughs) There's your stamp of approval right there. Right, exactly. So then I said, oh, okay, great. You wouldn't go into it? That's good for me because I like a challenge, one. And two, I felt like if it's that competitive, that means your competition is already at the top. You don't have competition on the side. So the only thing you have to worry about is getting to the top. So that's kind of how I went into it. So education was extremely important for me in the beginning. And once I got the education, I started building the blog. Okay. Tell me about the first pieces of content that you created. Is this like, I've got to publish every week kind of a thing? Or how are you creating that content? Gotcha. So I was real focused on Brian Dean's course. Not a plug for him or anything, I promise you. It's just, I'm, I'm just letting you know kind of where my mindset was. I find that a lot of people, when they get courses, they, they'll go through the course, but they don't actually do the work. Doing the work is the most important thing, right? So the way I created content was I created content that was focused on what's called a money page. So basically keywords that have high purchasing intent from a customer. So my first piece of content I created was how to get life insurance quotes with no phone calls from agents. And it's actually one of my highest performing pieces of content today. And this content was just from my experience. I actually didn't do any keyword research on it. I just wrote it. It was my first blog post. I wrote it because I knew people did not want people calling them. People are looking for quotes for this. The people are looking for this. It might not be in Google. You probably won't see a lot of track for it, but people are typing this in. And now I get searched from all kinds of derivatives of it, you know, life insurance quotes, no phone calls, right? Like, 
So that was my first piece of content. And I really focused on creating strong, long form content that was I write content until it's finished. So I don't really do a word count type of thing. Like I don't say this post will be 5,000 words. This post will be 2,000 words. I just write until I feel like it's complete and I feel like there wouldn't be any questions the customer could ask. And I think if you write like that, I think you'll always do good in SEO because trying to make it longer, you know, a lot of people say I'll make long content. It's not really making it longer. It's just making it relevant and making it as long as it's supposed to be. Yeah, don't make it longer than necessary just for the sake of padding word count. Exactly. You can't have the ultimate guide to selling online and it's 500 words. you telling me you can put the ultimate guide to selling online in 500 words? Like, what are you talking about, right? So that's kind of how I, how I took the approach. And then some very like specific skills that I did or things that I did to create my next pieces of content was that I stayed focused on money keywords. I went for long tail, so four to five words long. I went to high cost per click keywords. So in the insurance space, like you said, my average cost per click, if I was selling online, trying to do Google ads, will probably be about $70, $80 per click. Per click? Per click, yes. It is ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's stupid. Like It's it's, crazy. Yeah, it's, it's crazy money. If you're doing research based on high cost per click keywords, what that means is that if these people are paying 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, $90 per click, they are getting a return on that money. Okay. So those are good keywords to go after in organic search. What tool were you using to estimate those CPC bids? Ahrefs. It's pretty simple. You search for the keyword and then you or, you organize it by a cost per click, highest to lowest. And you look at those high cost per click keywords and you look at the search volume, right? So if it has a high cost per click, it's probably going to have a low search volume, like maybe 200 searches a month. And that's fine. That's what you want, right? You want to get the page one for that. And it'll probably have a small keyword difficulty. Now, I've listened to some of your podcasts and I hear a lot of people say like, when you're doing keyword research, go for low keyword difficulty, high traffic, high search volume, low keyword difficulty. Sure. I mean, that's that's the holy grail, right? That's the holy grail, right? But it's pretty hard when my average keyword difficulty is 70. Right. So well, for a brand new site, you're going to have a hard time cracking the top 100, let alone page one. Right. So like, I really had to like go, you know, kind of into a link building mode. And that's what the course I had taught. It taught that you create content Let's say I create a, a outsource post where you know I get 30 or 40 or 50 people to come on and answer the question, how should a surviving spouse invest their life insurance proceeds, right? Let's say that took me 30 hours or 40 hours to create. You're supposed to spend the same amount of time marketing the content and trying to build links to it that you did creating the content. So that's the strategy. And a lot of people look past that. For instance, the first half of this year, I did nothing but create new content for my site. I got up to 200 blog posts from 75, and I write all my content myself. So now all I'm doing is link building, right? Like that's my focus for the next six months. The last six months of the year, it will just only be link building. I won't be creating any new content. I'm going to be building links to that content. That's what I did. And what happened was that I was building so many backlinks to my site that even though my average keyword difficulty was 70 and I had I had a lot of long tail money pages. You will probably look at my site and say, hey, there's nothing on here but like really money pages. It's weird, but fortunately for me, I'm in a space where money pages are actually also like how-to pages. 
how to find cheap life insurance. That's a how-to and it's a money page because most people who are looking for cheap life insurance will probably click through on that page. Right. And it's not a personal blog, so people aren't coming on there to hear your latest story. They're coming to solve a specific problem. And in your case, those are monetized with affiliate offers. Exactly. They're coming to solve a problem. And it's so funny because most people, when I first started trying to build backlinks and get guest posts, a lot of people would be like, we can give a free guest post if you were like an individual company, you know, just a person. But since you're simply insurance, you know, you have to do a sponsored post. And of course, I'm like, in my mind, what are you talking about? I am an individual person. It's just me. So you're telling me you would have preferred it be like insurance by side? Like you'd have been able to give me a guest post then? So like I literally like went back and forth with people about it. And I had a lot of people that caved in and gave me the guest post because I'm, I'm relentless when it comes to stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can tell. I can tell. Going from a 75 posts to 200 posts over the course of six months, and now this focus on link building. I want to get back to the link building in just a second, but you mentioned earlier targeting these four to five word long, long tail terms. Did you have a process for typing in seed keywords or like coming up with those to create those extra 100 plus blog posts this year? Yes. Ahrefs has a tool inside of it. And what it does is it has a competitor analysis. So it basically shows you every keyword your competitors are ranking for that you don't rank for. And you can basically go through that and pull out all the, they're already ranking for the, basically the keywords that are, they're, they're your competitors. So if they're ranking for something you're not ranking for, you can, you should definitely be trying to rank for it, right? So I use that tool. And then inside of Ahrefs, you can kind of narrow it down even more. You can say, only show me keywords that are five words long. Only show me keywords with this type of keyword difficulty. Only show me these keywords with this specific type of cost per click. And then only show me keywords with this amount of traffic. For me, you know, with Simply Insurance, we have about 13 different verticals. What do you mean by vertical? So different products. So we have life insurance, we have disability, we have dental, we have accidental death, we have renters, we have homeowners, concealed carry insurance, all those different types of insurance products. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. A-N-D-S.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? 
Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And are you writing all this stuff yourself? You're just pounding out at the keyboard after you're coming up with these 100 different seed keyword topic ideas? Yes. So I am a type of person where I want to go from A to Z. Luckily, my husband is like a A, B, C, D, E, F, G type of person. So like I'll come up with this big idea. Okay, 200 posts. And he'll say, okay, well, how do we get to that amount? And he'll help me organize it. So yes, I sat down and I wrote every last one of them. And then after I wrote them, I put them on the site. I, I published them. Wow. You publish them as you finish them, yes? No, I wrote them all first. Now, this is interesting. How come you didn't let them age and get indexed and all that stuff versus like adding 200 pages to your site all at once? So the reason why I didn't do it that way is because one, when I create content and then I have to put it on the site, I use a site builder, Thrive. And what I found is that if I create the content first and I create Thrive, some of the content that I create, I'll be able to just make duplicates of it and put and publish the content faster. So for me, it wasn't really about writing it, putting it online, and then publishing it and let it age. For me, it was more about writing it all, publishing it all, and kind of like setting it and forgetting it. So that's kind of what my mindset was on it as far as how fast can I get it up there. It was just faster to write it all. And then once I wrote it all, it was basically like a, a copy and paste frenzy into the website builder. And then from there, you know, I organized it, added pictures. I did pretty much did everything, finalized them one by one. And what happened was that it still took time, right? To do one post, to actually publish it, to get it from just text to images and bullet lists and tables and quote tables and all that stuff. Usually it take anywhere between probably a day, a day and a half to do two. So it took me almost 30 days to get all of them up, basically. So it was still some that was just sitting and kind of getting in there while the other ones were being published. But it was me publishing, you know. Okay, so this is with Thrive Architect is the site builder you're talking about? Yes, Thrive Architect. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask about that because these it doesn't look like a standard blog post because there's all sorts of cool tables and charts and buttons and overlays. And it, it doesn't read like a standard text post. Yeah, that's the one thing that I like about Thrive is that it's a WYSIWYG builder. So what you see is what you get. Thrive Architect is their builder. It, it can pretty much attach to any WordPress site. It doesn't matter which theme you have. It kind of just goes in and you can start adding content to a blank page. And inside of Thrive, you actually have all these different elements. You have video elements, tables, charts. It's so much easier because you can just pretty much, if I see a site that I like, like your site, I could go to your site. And I could recreate the whole site on my own. 
and I could just say this this is my site. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it works really good when you some of my competitors like Policy Genius and Nerd Wallet, those big guys, you know, they spend a lot of money on conversion rate optimization. So if I see a big change on their site like layouts and stuff, then I'll go through and I'll change my layouts to kind of match theirs. Oh, interesting. So yeah, it allows you to do that without being a coder or programmer on your own because you can just kind of do it in this drag and drop type of interface. Yes, it's a great tool to use. It does take a bit of a learning curve and you don't have to be a coder, but people who are more technically sound definitely find it much easier to use than people who just are like, there's their first time using a drag and drop type of web builder, but it's easy to, it's really easy to use and they have a lot of training and lots of people have done reviews on them. Okay. That's a great hack. Looking at what the leaders in the space are doing, you know, they're spending money on conversion rate optimization. And so it's like, well, hey, if they have made this tweak, if this is how they're structuring this data here, maybe I will follow the leader and do the same thing. And here's a tool that can help you do that. Let's go back to the link building side of things. So you talked about guest posting. Is that the primary link building strategy? So you write yourself blue in the face with these 100 plus posts, and then you go out and say, well, now I got to write even more to, to build links back to this stuff. So when it comes to link building, I'm, I've been called the hero master. Like in a, lot, in a lot of my SEO groups, I'm very aggressive when it comes to building links. Help a reporter? Yeah, help a reporter out. So that help a reporter out was like my first field of building links. I would wake up, write on my piece of paper, I'll write hero, I'll write M, and I'll write A, and I'll write E. That's the for morning, afternoon, and evening. So Every morning you get it at five, and afternoon you get it at twelve or one, and the evening you get it by five o'clock. I knew that. I checked it off every day. I checked it three times a day, every day. I did it for like probably a year, and I responded to at least four in each one. And a lot of people don't understand. They're like, "Well, everything isn't related to insurance." And a lot of guys, when they're doing hero, they kind of want to just stick to what they know. But what I've learned is that you can always take a different step toward something. Like I'd have something to say 10 credit card hacks and and I would just respond with, hey, I had a client that they wanted to pay for life insurance with their credit card. And a lot of people don't know you can't pay for life insurance with a credit card. Just stuff like that. Like coming at it from a different angle, it doesn't necessarily always have to be about insurance. I talk about things about entrepreneurship, online marketing, anything that would get me a backlink, I would respond. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. So you're responding to like 10 or 12 of these a day. Yes, I was getting it. And the biggest wins that I would get would be from Harrow. Like, I, I've got so many backlinks from Harrow. Okay. Is the site dri- driving revenue at this point to, like, pay the bills to afford you this kind of time that I imagine you're putting into it? Not at all. <laughs> it took... <laughs> I was still working. So I was used to working 16 hours a day anyway. So it was no big deal for me. When I tell you, like, I was a quintessential agent, I was an agent. Like, I was not good at sales. I was great at product knowledge. So, like, I outworked everybody. I probably wouldn't outsell you, but I was going to outwork you. And I would make the people over the phone feel comfortable with me. So that was kind of what I did. So during the times when I wasn't taking calls or, you know, the dollar wasn't running, I was writing content. And when we first started, it was simplyinsurance.co. I couldn't buy the .com. It was 10 grand at the time. So we started with simplyinsurance.co and it took nine months for us to get the first commission sale. And I have my commission checks behind me on the wall for all the first ones. And my first commission check for an affiliate came through from Mass Mutual for $120. It took nine months for me to get $120. And Once I got that $120, it was like the best day of my life. I knew it worked. That's all I needed to know that it worked and that I could scale it. 
So I would say at this time, I probably had about 10 blog posts on the site. Because remember, I would write these, my average blog post length would be like 5,000 words. And I would only be focused on link building afterwards. So my first year, I only had 10 pieces of content on the site for the first year. Okay. Which is similar to Brian Dean. It's like, here's the 10 pillar pieces of content on a topic, and then I'm going to go build links. Exactly. That's exactly what I did. Like I said, I followed it to the T. And I would say once that was done, I kind of went to the, the next stage to start trying to build revenue. Okay. So nine months to see the first affiliate commissions. I imagine things started to snowball a little bit from there. No. (laughs) Come on, come on. Bring it home. Bring it home with the inspiring uh, finale here. (laughs) Uh, No, it it didn't. It's so weird. So the insurance space is like super competitive, like it really is. What happened was that I really started getting into guest posting and I really started having to drive backlinks to reviews and to my money pages. And just to even rank, because what happens is that when you're trying to rank a page, when it comes to site structure, Google looks at every individual page like its own individual website. So you have what's called URL rank. Your URL rank that you can see in Ahrefs, whenever you release a new piece of content, the reason those really big sites go straight to number position one is because their URL rank is probably 60 and yours is probably eight. So the only way to outrank them for that individual page is to get a higher URL rank for that specific page. So that's why you see a lot of times you'll look at a search results in the top 10, you'll see like two or three small sites and the rest will be really big sites is because those two or three sites have made that specific page rank higher than the other pages, but not their total website. So I went into it like that. I kind of laser focused in on the keywords that I could win by just building. I focused on just building backlinks to specific money pages. And that's kind of what my strategy is. Like if you can build enough backlinks to specific pages that generate income, then of course your overall domain authority will increase, but it'll also increase your revenue and your traffic to those specific pages. So it took about another six months before I really started seeing real revenue that was like, oh yeah, okay, nine months to a hundred plus bucks. And then another six months to really start seeing traffic where the revenue started really growing fast. Okay. What was the guest post prospecting like? Like, how did you figure out what sites that you wanted to to reach out to try and write for? And then what kind of content were you creating for them? Absolutely. I'm not traditional like most people are when it comes to guest posting. I would follow for guest posting. It's a guy's called Authority Hacker. And they have it where they do like a shotgun skyscraper type of outreach. So I would go in, I would type in my keyword, and I would say, okay, this is what I want to do, personal finance, because in the insurance space, for some apparent reason, personal finance people don't see insurance as personal finance. Like most personal finance blogs don't have any insurance content, which was weird for me because I was like, uh, insurance is pretty pretty personal finance. <laughs> <laughs> so I would reach out to these. I would look and I would type in, you know, personal finance blogs and, you know, I would scrape the first hundred and then I'd go through and I type in a different keyword. So I would end up emailing about a thousand people. Sorry, when you say scrape, what do you mean? So I would go into Google search results. I would type in a keyword like personal finance blog or like guest posts, personal finance guest posts or insurance guest posts because people would type the word guest posts in the search result on the page. So if, if I guest post, it'll say guest post by Sael, right? So what I would do is I would pretty much type in personal finance guest posts. And then there's a parameter you can type inside of Google where it'll show you 
the first 100 results, okay? So instead of just getting 10, I would be getting 100 results at a time. And I can send you the parameter if you want to put it on the notes. But once you type that parameter in, there's a tool called Scrapebox. And you just right-click that link. It'll scrape all the links that are similar to that on that page. And I just dump them in an Excel spreadsheet. So I would try to do that with as many keywords as possible and usually get my list up to about 1,000 people. And then I would use Mailshake. Mailshake is an email marketing tool. I would throw all those emails inside of Mailshake. And then once I threw all those emails inside of Mailshake, I would use Google G Suite because G Suite allows you to send more emails per day. They allow you to send up to 2,500 emails a day. So I would just put it inside of G Suite. I would send out 100 emails a day and I would get back people who are like, no, I'm not interested. I would get people back that are like, hey, you can pay me for a guest post. And then I would get people back who were like, absolutely, let's do it. I had a list of people who said, I'm not interested. I had a list of people who were, I'll just pay me. And believe it or not, it was probably like 80% of the people wanted to be paid for a guest post. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The personal finance space, like you send out an email saying you want a guest post, you're going to get back, pay me for it. Shoot, I didn't, I'm leaving money on the table. I never charged anybody for a guest post. Oh, yeah, man. They're really like charging for it. But, you know, and of course, it's a thing where Google's like, you're not supposed to charge for guest posts. You're not supposed to buy links and all that. So it's like one of those weird things. Like everybody's responding, like 80% of everybody is saying, here's how much I charge. So if you're telling me this is how much you charge, you're selling the guest posts and it's supposed to be a bad thing, but it doesn't seem like a bad thing. I don't know. Yeah, it's like a sponsored post. That's okay. That's disclosed. But a paid guest post is a gray area. Exactly. And the thing is, is that if anyone's doing guest posts, if you do something that's a sponsored post, that sponsored post is supposed to be a no-follow backlink to your site and it's supposed to say sponsored, right? So it doesn't really help you, in my mind, building backlinks. It wouldn't help me to pay for not getting a backlink. Like, why would I do that, right? So for all the people that will respond, this is the most important thing. You go through their site. This is the only time I get personal. Everything else is like throw spaghetti on the wall, see what sticks. The people that came back, I would go to their site. I would pull them up in Ahrefs. I would research who their audience was, what they talked about, what articles did the best on their site. Are they good for how-to articles? You know, is that what their site is all about? Or is their site all about list posts, 15 top blah, blah, blah. And so I would say, okay, This is the type of content that does good on their site. This is the angle I can put for insurance. So I would be talking about either pet insurance, disability, homeowners, renters, life. I could talk about any type of insurance, dental, that matched their site, right? So for travel insurance, I can reach out to travel bloggers. For pet insurance, I can reach out to pet bloggers. For homeowners insurance, I can reach out to construction sites. So, so many different angles that I had that there's an unlimited amount of things for me to write about, basically. So that's pretty much what I did. And whenever you use a guest post, try to get link backs to your money pages. That's the biggest thing. Some people will not let you put more than one link in that guest post. That's fine. Some people don't care. Some people don't even know what backlinks are. They're just like, give me a guest post. They don't care what you put in it. As long as it's relevant and it makes sense. You know, I always say when you do a guest post, get as many links as you can. (laughs) I did a guest post for one of my friends. He owns a site called The Wandering RV. And I don't sell RV insurance. And I was like, hey, you know, I can write a guest post for you. Your site has, you know, it's high domain. I can write it about RV insurance. And he was like, okay, let's write it. So I I probably have like 11 backlinks in that one post (laughs) for the ultimate guide to RV insurance. And you don't even have RV insurance listings on your site. I don't have RV insurance listings on my site. And he's actually on page one of Google for RV insurance. So what are you linking to? Oh, I'm linking to, so I talked about all the different types of insurance. 
it was basically like, hey, if you have an RV, you're going to need life insurance. You're still going to need life insurance. Do you need renter's insurance? Should you have pet insurance? Like I was hitting them over the head with pretty much the ultimate guide. It was a long form content. That keyword gets 9,900 searches a month, and it's one of his highest performing pieces of content on his site. So guest posts help everybody if you do it right, right? I, I try to create a guest post that's relevant to the site, and that's the most important thing because when you do that, you help them and you help yourself because I still get a lot of referral traffic from that site as well, from that page. Yeah, some of my best performing content over the years has been guest written content. And that's why, I, and this may change, but like I've historically accepted guest posts for free without charging anybody because it's like, hey, sure, you're going to write something that maybe I'm not a complete expert in that can rank you in Google, like that can drive extra traffic. That is totally a win-win for everybody. Yes, that's that's my idea and that's my concept of a guest post. Like when when, when the people would come back to me like, oh yeah, pay me a two hundred and fifty dollars and I'll do your guest post. And some people would be like, well, you know, I charge a I charge a maintenance fee or I charge a posting fee of three hundred dollars. So you know, I don't charge you anything for the guest post, but for me to go in there and post it to my site, it's three hundred bucks. <laughs> that's the same thing as charging people. <laughs> exactly right. And I'd be like, well, you know, you could just send me your login, the login information, and I can go in there and just add it to WordPress myself. totally playing dumb i like right exactly so what's the real deal right so like they they try to do stuff like that but yeah i mean people charge i just for me i was just i can't see me writing a guest post for you that's giving you free content that's paying you to give you free content that's just how i look at it like in my mind oh i'm gonna pay you to give you free content that could be on page one of google so that's just was kind of like my mindset. But I've written all kinds of stuff. I've written stuff about transgender life insurance. I wrote about fintech insurance, RV insurance, personal fitness insurance. Anything I can get a link from that I can tie insurance into it, that's what I write with guest posting. That's some serious hustle to really make this thing happen. If you travel a lot for work or for a vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. What kept you going during this nine months before seeing any sort of monetization revenue coming in on the other side. And even after that, it's like the amount of effort relative to the payoff still seems very unbalanced. Yeah. So what kept me going was my fear. I was afraid to stay where I was. That's the biggest thing for me. I'm one of those people where if I start getting afraid to stay where I am, that fear is scarier to me than the fear of trying to get somewhere else. That alone just drove me 100% to say, hey, no stopping. If, if I could sit up for 16 hours and my whole day, I spoke to one person and I sold them a $35 life insurance policy that they may or may not get approved for, if I could do that, I could sit up and write content all day. There's no problem. I had 125 people at FinCon commit to letting me do a guest post 
or a podcast or something. That's the type of drive I have. Yeah. I mean, that's how this interview came about. (laughs) I was like, this is a crazy story. Yes, totally. And we'll link to all the money pages that you want. You you won't even charge you. Perfect. I appreciate it. (laughs) So that was one of the drivers. And then the second thing was, is that it's a very lucrative space. As an insurance agent, I was still making $100,000 a year. I just hated the time. It took a lot of work for me to make that $100,000 a year. And so that mindset of, okay, well, I'm going to do all this work and I'm, got, I'm not going to make anything right now. That's okay. I'll just keep doing both until one pans off. And once I made that first commission check, I was like, oh, they send the check. Okay, great. This is real now. Yeah. Right. It's real, right? Like, okay, I see online I have $120 coming, but we'll see when I get that check and that check comes. So yeah, it's like that process. And once I saw it, I said, oh, I can replicate this. What's the traffic and revenue look like from the site today? So last month we hit 6,000 visitors, which I was super excited about, and we did around 15 grand. The site averages anywhere between 13 to 15 grand a month right now. It just really depends on Google's attitude, like if they're going to do some kind of update. And then, of course, the different insurance industries function differently depending on the month. Homeowners insurance sells more when houses are being sold. Life insurance doesn't really sell good towards the end of the year. Just stuff like that. So it it fluctuates. From 6,000 visitors for the whole month? Yeah, for the whole month. I want to point out that's not a ton of traffic. I mean, 6,000 people, like, I'm not going to scoff at that and say that's like nobody. But like in the grand scheme of web traffic, that's not a lot, especially not a lot to be putting up 13 to 15 grand a month. It's not a lot. I'm really still in the beginning of this. Simply Insurance was started in 2017. April of 2017 is when I kind of really got started and really started pushing it. So it's brand new. And then on top of that, we still don't rank on page one for any of the high tail keywords. So I'm not ranking for term life insurance quotes. I'm not ranking for homeowners insurance quotes. I'm on page like three and four. Just imagine getting the page one for keywords like that. They have 30,000 visitors a month, $40 cost per click and very high purchasing value, right? Those customers are buying. Yeah. You can see where this might go down the road if you keep at it. Absolutely. So the fact of where I am now, and it's so weird because we broke 6,000 visitors, but 1,500 of those visitors don't really go towards income. So really, it's even lower, the amount of traffic that I'm getting to create this income. And the reason why I say that is because one of the things that we're doing now is we're creating studies and we're creating statistics pages. And when I say we, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) Collective we. Right, exactly. But I create studies and statistics pages. And one of the studies that I did was the average life expectancy study. And the reason why I did that study is only for link building purposes. Sometimes you have content on your site that's only for link building. So created this study about life insurance expectancy. And I was able to get a link from Wikipedia. I'm, I'm constantly getting links now because people like the study or they'll type in average life expectancy statistics, right? I'll come up for that in Bing and Yahoo and then people backlink because they use me as a source. So you create content like that specifically for creating backlinks. That's it. Content for backlinks is statistics pages. They're great because when people look for statistics, they're usually writing a paper or they're journalists writing a story. And that's an easy backlink win for you. I'm constantly getting backlinks every day from my statistics pages. So I have to put more up, but that's kind of where the average life expectancy page gets about 1,500 searches a month. So it's, it's kind of weird because it's not a page that makes money. It's only there to build good links to the site. And then, you know, I do what's called authority sculpting out to the other pages. And that's pretty much sharing the link juice to other money pages from that page about life insurance. Sorry, say that authority sculpting thing again. How does that work? 
Yes. So authority sculpting is basically when you create a piece of content solely for the purpose of building links to it. And then once you get a lot of links to it, you link out to your money pages. So it gets those money pages, get all the authority shared to just them, just those specific money pages. So to give you an example, I had a life insurance calculator created and the outreach for it. I think I have like maybe 20 backlinks to it right now. Just created it about a month or so ago. And that life insurance calculator page links out to all my life insurance pages. So those 20 backlinks to that page help support all my money pages because it's easy to get somebody to link to a life insurance calculator than it is to get them to link to your term life insurance quotes page, right? <laughs> like the life insurance calculator is is something they can use. Yes, that's a, that's a useful thing versus like, hey, I know you're getting commission on this stuff. Exactly, right? And when you guys are creating linkable content, just to put this out here, go at least 60 to 90 days without putting any type of paid anything on it. Because most people, before they link to you, they want to make sure you're really not going to use it to make money. Someone was like, are you going to ask for people to get a quote at the end of this calculator? And I was like, nope. But of course I did. After 90 days, the quote button pops up at the end of it. Not right now, but it's just people are like that, right? It's so weird. It's like they know you're making money, but they don't want you to make money. Okay, whatever. So that's just a little tip for that. Yeah, I had a question for you. So one of the one of the things I think simplyinsurance.com does a nice job of is kind of the trust signals like, hey, this is a big life decision. You want to make sure that I'm going through a, a reputable source. So you've got all kind of the as seen on, like, here's where I've been featured in the press, thanks to all those years of, of helper reporter queries. You've got the Better Business Bureau accreditation and stuff. You've got Google ratings, all this stuff. And then you've got your phone number up at the very top. You've got this like live chat customer support thing. What happens if somebody calls this 1-800 number at the top? They get me. It just rings your phone? It rings my phone. It rings straight to my phone and it says, grasshopper number. And I answer it. Thanks for calling Simply Insurance. This is Sa. How can I help you? Now, the funny thing is, is that most of my calls aren't even for my site. They're for the .co.uk version or the Simply Insurance Health Plan site. And the reason why that is, is so funny, is because... My site is actually set up to not talk to customers. My site is set up to where they can go online, they can educate themselves, and then they can sign up directly with the insurance company. Once they sign up with the insurance company, I'm out of the process. It's their customer. So I get more chat messages than from, from my actual customers than I do off actual phone call. Almost no one calls that number. And those, those ping your phone as well? Yeah, and those ping my phone or I have it up when I'm typing and I get a notification and I'll just start helping people. But yeah, trust trust signals are important. People want to see they have a phone number they can call, even if they don't call it. They want to see they can get in contact with you. They want to see the chat. They want to see you're part of the BBB, your verified company. Also showing that your site is secure through you know HTTPS, Let's Encrypt. That's a free HTTPS service. And then also putting my about and contact us at the top so that people can see that right at the top. Google, for some apparent reason, I did some research and I saw that Pretty much most of my competitors have about and contact at the top of their pages. I started ranking better when I put it back at the top. So I took it off and put it all at the bottom. But for some apparent reason, Google likes it at the top of my site. So that's where it's going to stay. Those little trust signals are very important. So what's next for you in Simply Insurance? Well, what's next for me with Simply Insurance is definitely going to be going into Canada. I have some opportunities to go into Canada, so I'll be doing that with life insurance starting off. And the good thing about it is that I can go into it as an affiliate, so I don't have to be licensed. But it's an easy transition. Canadians speak English. 
right? Like it's it's not like a hard transition of the content is not that much different. There are some local words that may be a little different. They might say cover instead of coverage, but it's not that big of a difference. And then the the process isn't hard and the competition is way easier in, in Canada than it is here. I'm probably going to destroy those guys. <laughs> Look out, Canada. Saw us coming for you. I like it. <laughs> Look out, Canada. Just going into Canada and building more links. I'm writing a lot of content from FinCon. So I have a lot of content in my queue for this year that'll be coming out guest post wise. Seeing that increase and really focusing on getting traffic to all these longer tail keyword posts that I wrote toward the beginning of the year. They're finally starting to get into Google. So kind of focusing on those for link building is kind of what my next stage is. Yeah, you're a content writing machine, and I'm excited to hear that it's paying off. So very cool to see what you've built over there. Simplyinsurance.com. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. If you don't spend an hour a day on your own dream, you should be ashamed of yourself. And that's what I say to them. That's my tip. That's a powerful one. Spend an hour a day on your own dream. It's really not too much to ask. So Saw, really appreciate you joining me, and we'll catch up with you soon. All right, my top three takeaways from this call with Saw, number one, is to take offline experiences online. Saw told me that, quote, taking it online was the best decision of his life. And remember, Saw's been selling insurance for the last decade, so this came not from a hunch, but from real customer feedback. Like, look, we definitely don't want you knocking on our door, and we'd prefer not to have to talk to you on the phone either. Is there a way I can just do this online? Well, you hear that enough times and you get thinking, Yeah, there is, and I'm going to be the one to build it. In the broad sense, his business is still the same, helping people get the right insurance for their needs. It's just a different delivery. And he got deep into the keyword research stuff after this, but he said his first post was born from what he knew people already wanted, how to get life insurance quotes with no phone calls from agents. So the question is, in your industry or your niche, are there elements of the business that still take place in person or over the phone. Do you think there's a similar opportunity there? Could you take those offline transactions and bring them online through affiliate marketing or some other system? That was takeaway number one for me to take offline experiences online. Takeaway number two was I was afraid to stay where I was. That was Saw's driving why behind the admittedly serious hustle it took to get Simply Insurance off the ground. He willed the business into existence Through his own hard work, I was afraid to stay where I was. Probably one of the most powerful lines from this interview. How bad do you want it? And would you believe it was still going to work after eight months and not seeing any revenue? But like a lot of businesses, that was the time it took to plant the seeds, to lay the foundation. And now it becomes a lot easier to build on. I think a lot of side hustlers feel this way. It certainly was a motivating factor for me. Staring down the barrel of a 30-year corporate career I wasn't excited about, I was afraid to stay where I was and had to figure a way out. That was takeaway number two for me. Takeaway number three is to find that sweet spot between trust, authority, and strategy. For trust, we talked about some of the trust signals on Simply Insurance that Saw's got, like the press mentions, the phone number, the live chat, the site being secure. But beyond that, it's the site design, it's the layout, it's the site name, simplyinsurance.com. It's got to look, sound, and feel trustworthy right out of the gate. On the authority side, Saw says, I'm a licensed insurance agent. I've been in the industry for 10 years, 
here's what I like and don't like about these different products. And it comes off a little different than random anonymous blogger reviewing an Amazon product that he or she may not have ever even purchased themselves. So that's kind of the authority side of it. And then for strategy, for saw it was prioritizing those longer tail keywords at the beginning, those four or five keyword phrases that were money terms, he called money terms with high buyer intent. And that was his way of beginning to build up domain authority in such a competitive space. I think starting out similarly is a good way to go. Maybe the big players in the space are ignoring those terms and only get 200 searches a month, but you can use them strategically to gain traffic and traction. And then you work your way up the ladder. So think about how you can work that sweet spot of trust, authority, and strategy into your work. Be intentional about what you're putting out into the world because like Saw showed us, it doesn't take a ton of traffic to build a significant income. And I think that should be exciting for everyone. So that's takeaway number three. Once again, notes and links for this one, plus the free PDF highlight reel with all of Saw's top tips from the call are at sidehustlenation.com slash Saw. And that is S-A. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.